What is up, Crush Crew? I'm Bernadette Joy, your favorite rich auntie and your host of the Crush Your Money Goals podcast. Since starting in 2018, I've paid off $300,000 of debt, built my first million dollars of net worth, and grew from this podcast to a full financial education company that just crossed its first half million dollars in revenue. And along the way, I've met some incredible thought leaders and experts in the fields of personal finance, career, and entrepreneurship. And you will have the joy of meeting one of my favorite people as this season's co-host. Hola, hola. I'm Stephanie Gonzalez, the founder of the Women's Wealth Effect, where I focus my time as an investing and career coach to help women like you reach financial independence with confidence. I'm also a debt-free millionaire after paying off over $420,000 in debt and now live in Portugal with my amazing husband and two children after 15 years climbing the corporate ladder in the global tech industry. Thanks to the investing and career knowledge, I am so passionate about sharing with you. Welcome to season six of Crush Your Money Goals, The Women's Wealth Effect. It's Bernadette Joy, and I am the host of Crush Your Money Goals podcast, season six, with my co-host, Stephanie Gonzalez, the founder of the Women's Wealth Effect, which this year's season, season six, is all about the Women's Wealth Effect with Crush Your Money Goals. I know. And I'm so happy to have Steph, but also we don't get to be on the same continent very often, although actually this is the second time we've seen each other this year. I think we told each other that we're seeing each other more than we see our families these days. So yeah. it's a... It's a pretty good partnership, right? Which is a pretty good feat for us being in two different places. And so I'm so excited to catch up with you. First of all, I missed you. I missed you too. How was your trip to Korea? It was amazing. I was telling you earlier, I'm like, I think I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to move there at some point, even if it's like temporarily. Top of the bucket list. Just, I don't know. I love the energy. I love the fashion. I also love the culture, you know, all this K-pop and K-dramas. But I just felt like somewhere different but also home at the same time yeah, yeah, yeah. and also i just love to eat so right. it was hey, all great it was a, wonderful the best of all the worlds yeah and how was your trip from portugal it was uneventful which is good yes i was traveling child free for the week which is very nice for all the mommies out there who need a break i yes. miss my babies but you know it was really nice and my mom comes to fincon oh my she gosh. likes to spend some time with with me so it's really nice just to spend some time with her and Give her some quality time while I'm in the U.S. because I'm not here all the time anymore. I love that. Also, your mom is awesome. I met Steph's mom at FinCon last year and she's so bright-eyed and like <laughs> excited and just like, what is this content creation? Well, here's the thing. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. My mom is now 60 and she's planning her quote-unquote retirement, but she has been like a learner her entire life. She's got her nursing degree. She's got her business degree. She's a therapist now with a master's and PhD. And she's trying to figure out what she wants to do with the rest of the years that she has. Yeah. Which she's got a lot of them. She looks pretty good for 60. She looks uh, amazing for 60. <laughs> and you know, as I think she thinks about building out her therapy practice, she realizes that she wants to potentially build a blog or do a podcast. And so I think just being in this type of environment to see what is possible for her, it's just really, really awesome to see her kind of navigate that itch. You know? I love that. And I love that she's doing it. Like you said, she's 60, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And she's learning all these new things. She's not at all intimidated by seeing all these younger content creators. No, no. She's and really she, inspired. Like, I remember seeing her last year and she literally was talking to anyone and everybody. Yeah. 
And she was so proud of you, too. She was like, oh, my daughter's here. And she has her platform. And she was like a walking billboard for you also. And so it was just such a great reminder of just like, you know, the best advocates we have in our lives, you know, can be like within our own family and our own circles. And I'm sure seeing you doing what you're doing inspired her, right? So when you talk about intergenerational wealth, it goes up and down and sideways. It's not just, you know mom to kids yeah you as a daughter to your mom you know and I think she kind of needed to see this because when I told her that I was going to leave my job a few years ago Mm -hmm. I literally could hear her heart sink on the phone so I was in Singapore I'm now in this like cush global director job at this large corporation this like dream that she had for me and when I said I was going to leave that and pursue something that was in a way to her kind of unknown I mean in the Latino community, there's entrepreneurs everywhere, right? For me to leave that kind of level of success in her mind was a big shock to her system. So to actually bring her here, yes. see what is possible, see me in this element, I think it was a ne- necessary thing for yeah. us and kind of her getting on board because I, I really appreciated her support and I was going to do it anyway, but I think it was really a good step for us. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I will say, you know, one of the reasons we decided to do a live, you know, episode here, live, you know, taping while we're here is because one, we don't get to see each other very often, but also, you know, community is such a big, important pillar, a part of the women's wealth effect. And what other place to talk about community than at FinCon? And if you don't know what FinCon is, FinCon is a annual conference for people in the personal finance space who are interested in creating better content to help their audiences, right? Yeah, and so yeah. I started in FinCon in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then I came last year in 2023. I was closing a main stage speaker last year, which was totally nerve wracking. You did such a great job. Noah. Oh, thank you. But it was such a growth opportunity for me. And FinCon has been such a community for me to feel safe to yeah. do that. And then this year we're back. And I, on the flip side, I just finished up the first new member orientation. And it's so fun To see these people who are bright eyed and just so excited to be in this new space. But also, I have to give kudos to people who come into these communities and don't know what to expect and show up anyway. Mm -hmm. And I kind of had the flashback to myself of just like, oh my God, that was me four years ago. And now, you know, like I feel like I'm a veteran, right? Yeah, yeah. And now we kind of know what's up. And now there's all these new people. And so we wanted to talk a little bit today about what community is like. Yeah. And we're also going to share some tidbits from some of the women that we've met through their Women in Money mastermind. Let's talk about that, right? So I left FinCon last year as a first-timer, just thinking like, wow, this conversation around women and money is not being talked about enough. So like, if I was going to write a piece of feedback for FinCon, that was going to be my feedback. So when I saw the email come across that there was going to be an actual Women in Money like sub-element conference for FinCon, I was so excited. And... It was a trip that I booked to the U.S. again to come and actually talk to a bunch of women about money and business, which was really cool. And so I think one of the other interesting things that happened during Women & Money was that we had the opportunity to sign up for a mastermind. And I had no idea that you were actually going to be in the mastermind. I didn't know either. Actually, I don't even think we talked about it. No, we, like- we didn't say anything to each other about it, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was like, hey, I, I applied for this thing. And since Bernadette's also an advisor at FinCon, I was like, she knows what's going on. She knows I applied for this. But anyway, it was like seven or eight of us. It was eight of us, I think. And I think creators in all stages Mm -hmm. of our businesses, which was really cool. I have heard about what a mastermind is and I've heard good and bad things. Mostly not great things because I think the concept of mastermind, right? Is this like, what is it? 
But I walked away thinking like, wow, an even deeper community was made and group was made, obviously, because we are all women in these various different challenges and, and spaces in our lives. But I really am interested to talk to the women that we actually met at Women in Money in the mastermind today and get their feedback about one, what did they take action on? What did they really learn? What really like resonated with them from the mastermind? And number two, in line with this season, the Women's Wealth Effect, what does the Women's Wealth Effect mean to them? Yes, yes. Yeah. And so we're going to bring some of our friends here to talk about it. And so I'm going to go grab them. All right, stay here. Awesome. All right, everybody. So we are here with Rachel Jimenez from Money Hacking Mama. And she was actually sitting right next to me during the Women in Money Mastermind. Yeah. So she got to feel my anxiety and my peace and all the emotions that were coming out during I the session. I didn't any anxiety. <laughs> Confident all the way. <laughs> But yeah, I guess coming off of this, like first off, tell me a little bit about who you are and then I have a couple questions for you. Okay, awesome. So I have Money Hacking Mama. My claim to fame is that I started an Etsy store selling digital products. And while I was on maternity leave with my daughter, at the time I was working in higher education and that during my maternity leave, I was able to build that up. And basically the first year of my daughter's life, built that to be a six-figure business oh, and wow. then quit my job and am an online creator full-time now. So I've added additional revenue streams since then. So Still, a lot of it comes from digital products on Etsy, but now I teach other people about making passive income. And I studied positive psych as well. And I think the big shift that happened for me was I was studying the positive psych. Then I had a postpartum depression. It was really sad and didn't know what yeah. to do with my life. And I was like, wait, why, why am I like suffering in silence here when I could actually use what I know, the actionable tools that I learned? And I think my confidence had shifted too. And so when yeah. I started to put some of those positive psych things to use in my life. That's when the shift financially happened for me financially. And I got a lot of growth because I think yeah. before that I was always a side hustler, but I would dabble. And then I would like, honestly, I would get scared. And to go to the next level, I'd have to get out of my comfort zone and yeah. I would always stop or I'd give up too soon. And yeah. so studying positive psychology, I learned about having a growth mindset yeah. and like doing things, even if you're scared and yeah kind of taking the leap. And finally, I think once I had that shift, then things started to change financially for me. And now I'm here today. Well, that's awesome. It's a great story. And I think a lot of mothers can really relate to that, right? Mm -hmm. I think yeah. we don't talk about these sub elements of motherhood enough. Yeah. And yeah. they're really, really important. So let's go to the Women in Money Mastermind. Okay. I was pleasantly surprised coming out of it. To uh -huh. be honest, I didn't know what to expect. And I took a lot of actionable items from the day that we spent together. So yeah. what was the biggest thing that you were left with coming out of the mastermind? That's a great question. I think honestly, it was confidence, like having the community because as an individual creator, a lot of times, like if when you're at a job, and I'm sure you know this, like a corporate sure. institution, you get feedback from your people above you, below uh, you and all that. And then when you're alone, I think sometimes you're left with these thoughts in your own head of sure. like, I can't do this. What, who do I think I am? I'm not smart enough. There yeah. can be those limiting beliefs. And I think to have a community of other people that kind of echo similar beliefs, but also you can see their power. So it's like in a mastermind, we were all vulnerable and we might yeah. say like, oh, these are the challenges that we're dealing with. And it's like, oh, I have the solution. And then also like we all need each other too. Right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like a problem that you had, I had the solution to, but then a problem I had, you had the solution yeah. to. And yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, there's so much synergy and we're all stronger together and I don't have to know everything. So it took the pressure off too of like, I just need to ask for help. Yeah. Right. And I think that's something that I don't know, maybe I think a lot of women do this, but I think we're so used to like, no, 
we have to be empowered and we have to do it all by ourselves. And it's like, men do not do everything Absolutely. by themselves. The they words do not. Out of my mouth. Like, Literally, they're yeah. out there. They're on the golf course and networking and they're like, hey, bro, I need help. Yeah. And it's, but I think, I don't know if it's a pride thing or an ego thing, but I, I think it like helped me get rid of that. Of like, oh, like there's amazing women that are generous and willing to help. Yeah. And we all have our struggles, but we all have our strengths and we just need to like lean into our strengths and support people with the strengths that we have and allow other people to support us with the strengths they have and we'll all be better together. It's interesting. I think, you know, women naturally are communal creatures. Yeah. Like, and it's been really interesting to see how in some areas of our life, we haven't been willing, not willing, I think eager enough or open enough to let that community element in the door Mm -hmm. in money, in entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. and as an entrepreneur as you know, in itself, right. It can be very self-isolating period. Right. So I can see where the value of masterminds in general are in that, but I love your recollection of that. I think it makes a lot of sense to me too. And I definitely walked away feeling the same way. You always speak to my data-driven heart, like the way that you look at your business. That was one big takeaway that I took from okay. you. And I'm really looking forward to your talk later. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank so you. I will definitely be there. So let's go a little bit to this season of Pressure Money Goals. Okay. And this season, we're focused on the women's wealth effect. And uh-huh. there's four pillars of the women's wealth effect, wealth, health, career, and community. Okay. Can you choose one of those and tell me what does the women's wealth effect mean to you or women and money, right? Mean yeah. to you in the vein of that pillar? I guess, well, like I'm going to take that one. Sure. But, so I mentioned that I studied positive org psych and one of the like models that really helped me when I was struggling, helped me shift my own mindset. It's called the PERMA model. So uh-huh. Martin Seligman is one of the founders of positive psychology. Okay. And he came up with this model. It's called the PERMA model. You can look it up. But P stands for positive emotion. It's basically a model for flourishing and happiness. Okay. And so I think there's a component. The A stands for achievement. And I think wealth is kind of tied to achievement, right? Like you sure. get a job. you, you keep so many things that go into building wealth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's an important component. Whether we're working or making money or not, we need to have achievement. And I think that's what, when I was suffering from postpartum depression, like I was at home with my baby and mm. it was a different part of my life. And I was always a type A personality, like a go-getter, an achiever. Yeah. One of my strengths is oh, achievement. Yeah. And then I was just like, I'm just feeding my baby all day. I'm so bored. And it was during COVID. I was just like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So that was a sad moment. But I think that model is important. And I think wealth is for flourishing. And so I love that model because I think I was listening to your podcast earlier today to prep for this, (laughs) but you talk about like money and, but then the burnout that can come, especially from women that make over six figures and are working up that corporate ladder. So I think it's important to think about wealth and wealth for what reason? Because if you're constantly on this, It's nice to achieve, but I mean, do you really want to be a billionaire? Do you need to be a billionaire? Yeah. I mean, once you get a million, maybe you want more than one. Maybe you want two, five. Yeah. But there's a number where you're fine. Yeah. Like you're literally okay. Your lifestyle's fine. Do you really want a private yacht? No, yeah. probably yeah. not. You know, well, and for most women, right? We want to use wealth as a tool to give back in some way communally, right? Yep. And so I think that's why these four pillars are interconnected, but. I really like this achievement element that you're bringing into this conversation because for a number of us, we see achievement as different swim lanes of success for ourselves in life. And when you become a new mother, it can really shift that swim lane and like cause a lot of change and just, and change is typically some point in time where you're mourning something in your life that is no longer. Right. And so, yeah, I love your recollection of that. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right, everybody. So we have Miranda with us and she's going to introduce herself 
and what she does. And I'm going to get to ask her some juicy questions. Oh my gosh. Okay. So my name is Miranda Marquette and I am a freelance writer and speaker and podcaster. And that's a lot of words, uh, <laughs> but I enjoy doing it. And I'm super excited to be here. Yeah. Thank you so much for spending the time. So I got an opportunity to see you first at my first VinCon last year. Yes. Didn't get an opportunity to meet you. And at the Women in Money Conference this past summer, I got an opportunity not only to meet you and actually speak with you face to face, but we got to spend time at the mastermind together. Yeah. And that mastermind was so amazing. Yeah. And I was just telling Bernadette that like, I came out of that mastermind and I'm actually putting together a workshop because you guys really pushed me to like take whatever it is I'm doing to oh. some other level. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay. So then let's go to my first question. Yes. Like, what was the biggest takeaway from the discussion? And maybe it was what was said, right? That, yeah. you know, caused you to go and take this next step in what you're going to do with your business. I think for me, it was really having supportive people around me. Yeah. Because a lot of the time when we're entrepreneurs and we're out here, a lot of the people around us don't get what we're doing. Yeah. And it's not that they're necessarily unsupportive or they don't want us to succeed. They just don't know what we're doing. Sure. And one of the wonderful things about being in that situation was everybody knew what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew how I felt. Yeah. And everybody was very supportive about like, oh, this is what you can do. Here are some steps you can take. Yeah. And it was a small enough and intimate group that we could say like, specifically, here is a thing you can do yourself for your situation. Yeah. And I think for me, having a group of people and especially women to be able to say like, let's cheer each other on, let's support each other and let's like help you find the tools that you need. Nobody's yeah. going to do it for you, of course. Sure. But having somebody there to cheer you on and somebody to say like, here are some tools, here are a couple steps you can take. That is what really helped me because I was kind of floundering. Yeah. yeah. I was kind of floundering like, well, I kind of know what I want to do. Oh, I kind of think this could be a thing. Yeah. But being able to sit down and just take some feedback and get some support really helped yeah. me be ready to take that next step. Yeah. I think the thing for me, whenever I was listening to you speak about what you're thinking about doing and considering yeah. doing, you just have such tremendous expertise and experience in what oh. you do. Well, thank you. Right. And so you do it with this effort and with this ease. Yeah. And so it's like, it's a no brainer for you to go out and actually share that in your own way to others that are looking for the same thing. So I'm really excited to see what you come out with. Yeah, thank you. It's going to be a workshop on building a travel fund to start. Very cool. So I'm super excited about it. Awesome. We have to send me some more information on it later so I can help support you. Yeah. But let's get you. to our second question. Okay. Um, you know, I think during the Women in Money conference, we didn't really announce that Bernadette and I were going to be co-hosting a podcast together. Which is amazing, <laughs> by the way, which is absolutely amazing. Thank you. <laughs> And so this season is focused on the women's wealth effect. And okay. so with the four different pillars, wealth, career, health, and community, choose one and tell me what more money in the hands of women means to you. <laughs> so my goodness, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> They're so interconnected. No, so that's a good question. But I think, I think health is really calling to me right now yeah. in terms of just because I was fortunate, not fortunate enough, but you know, just before coming to the, this conference that yeah. we are both at uh, yeah, yeah. today. I felt sick mm -hmm. and I woke up one morning and I felt really, really sick. And I was confused because I was like, I haven't been properly ill like since before the pandemic. And so, yeah, I know. Right? Lucky me. <laughs> um, and so, but what I was able to do is I was able to just stay in bed all day, relax, take it easy in a way that I hadn't in a very long time. Yeah. And the next morning I woke up feeling great. Yeah. But one of the things that it really impressed upon me was that I had 
you know, I had the resources to be able to take that rest. Yeah. And so many people don't have the financial resources to take that rest. They don't have the financial resources to get good health care. They don't yeah. have the financial resources. And everything kind of stems from your health, your ability to do the things you want to do, your ability to travel, your ability to make more money, your ability to run your business, your ability to spend time with your family. Yeah. All of the things that you want to do in your life really depend on your health. Yeah, so true. Yeah. And yeah. women's health is super nuanced, right? In all sorts of different oh, yeah. ways. And I don't know how much you want to get into this, but <laughs> take me there. Take me there, Miranda. <laughs> but I think, but I think too, you know, for women, especially we talk about reproductive health yeah. and, you know, the introduction of readily affordable birth control really yeah. helps women take control of their lives yeah. and take control of when they want to be mothers, when they want to have careers, how they want to mesh those two things and having access to that affordable yeah. and accessible birth control really does help you decide how am I going to make my money future? Yeah. Like it's essential. Or I want to have a choice on what I do with my future exactly. period instead of have exactly. that made for me. No, exactly. super powerful. I'm glad you're feeling better. Thank you. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> me too. And thanks for spending some time with us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. First, uh, just for the audience, can you just give a quick introduction of who you are and what you do? Yes. My name is Lauren Cavello. I'm the founder and CEO of Leverage Media PR. But before that, I was a personal finance um, educator and TV personality, three-time author. So I've worked in the personal finance field for over 18 years. And I've, I've loved following her journey. Like I knew about her before I came to my first FinCon. And I feel like you've had nine lives. <laughs> I pretty much, yeah, I think so. <laughs> and so you've been such an inspiration to me because Aww. it just reminds me like, you know, just because you're in a certain career path doesn't mean you have to stay in that career path forever and you right. can do something different. And so... We got a chance to get to know each other uh, a little bit better during the mastermind mm -hmm. at Women and Money. And so this is just a little catch up to first say, one, how you're doing, how's your business doing, and what was your biggest takeaway from the mastermind and what's happened since then? Yeah. So I think the biggest takeaway, you know, it's really funny. I think a lot of times people come to these events and we have preconceived notions of who people are, what they do, and how much money they make and all of that. Right. And what, we had a conversation oh, in the yes. mastermind where I disclose to everybody how I pay my employees more than I pay myself. Yep. And she got a loving kick in the butt from all and of us. You were, like, you were like, go home and pay yourself more. And I went home and I doubled my paycheck. And now I actually tripled my paycheck. So, so yes, I tripled my paycheck. Oh my um, God. And, you know, I realized that I had this belief in myself that I, instead of like paying myself more, I would go to hire somebody else. And so I've done a lot of like internal work since then That's on why was I so willing to hire somebody else to do the work instead of me doing the work and paying myself more. And so I've been doing a lot of like internal work with my wow. therapist on money values and all of that. And so, you know, I've worked in this community for 18 years. There's been times when my business was making, you know, a million dollars a year and I was still paying myself $4,000 a month because that's all I needed, right? So I've done a lot of work uh, in the past years to do that. But I was using the phrase of like, I'm in a startup. Uh -huh. So like, I'm in a startup. So I'm going to pay my employees more so that I can grow the business quicker. But then I realized I'm not being fulfilled right now because I'm not paying myself what I'm worth. And so now I am a lot happy. Oh, my gosh. That makes me so yeah. like... <laughs> I know. I'm so happy you to hear that. Part of I, was, that. I was sitting next to her yes. during the and you were like, I literally turned around. I was like, girl. You're like, <laughs> you're like, go home and pay, you're like, double your pay. Like, you were so mad. And that was really, uh, that was a time for me. I came home and I was like, I got to get real with myself. Like, why am I not paying myself? Because I'm frugal. So I'm like, I don't need it. 
Right. And I think, you know, what's what's interesting about what you're saying is like, I actually probably you're making me think I have to go home and like think about this also. Just I'm similar in the sense of like, I'm willing to pay other people. Mm-hmm. Right. And but then I'm hesitant yeah. about myself. And like, where is that really rooted into yeah. the fact that you I'm so glad you mentioned that, like that you did some internal work and you talked to your therapist about it. So so much of what we consider to be quote unquote money problems is not really it's not about the money. Right. Never. So I love that so much. Yeah. And so is there anything exciting happening for you in the next couple of weeks or in the next year that you're like excited for the business? Yeah. Well, I mean, the business has continued to grow beyond my wildest imaginations. You know, we just had somebody on Good Morning America a couple of days ago. Yay! So we're super excited about that. Um, the business just has continued to grow. Uh, one of the big things, two big things that are happening, um, January, I'm starting an in-person podcast in New York City. Yay! So, um, so yeah, we're going to be, um, launching that in January. And that's going to be all about, uh, entrepreneurs are going to be coming on the show talking about why they wrote their books and how they used it to scale their businesses. I love that. Um, and so that's coming out in January. And then I'm actually working on my fourth book. And so that's going to come out in the fall of 2024. Um, and you know, my other books were in personal finance. All my other three mm-hmm. books were in personal finance. So this will be my first like entrepreneur book. And, um, the, the working title on that is called book cred. You know, how to use your book to build credibility and authority. Oh, okay. Like the street cred. Yes. Now it's book cred. I love that so much. Yeah. And like, I mean, you definitely have book and street cred <laughs> Thank you. on that. So I'm so excited for that. Yeah. And I have to tell you, like, you really inspired me afterwards. I, so I was very resistant, like, uh, towards writing a book. Like mm-hmm. I told her, I was like, I don't want to write a book. I don't. Yeah. Don't she told do me it. that. She's like, <laughs> I don't think it's in my cards right now. I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> so then yes, I don't, I don't even think I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you or yeah. not. So. Something about that conversation manifested because then Simon Schuster reached out to me to write a book. And so the contract is sitting in my, my you didn't inbox tell me that. right now. Oh, I think you, my, I think your energy. I manifested that. Manifested it. Well, I'm not saying that. That sounds cocky. No, 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 but no, really. Because it was literally the yes, week after you that's amazing. reached out to me. That's so amazing. So I guess that's, that's amazing. So you might be getting the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let's do it, girl. Well, and that's one of the things that we did too um, in the agency this year is, you know, a lot of people coming to me with the wrong book. Oh. Okay. So they come to me and they have, they're like, we want PR. And I'm like, yeah, but your book isn't what you want. Like, it's not, when you write a book, you want to, you have your book, but then you have your end goal. Like, how are you going to leverage your business? Are you going to use it for speaking engagements? Are you going to use it for conferences? Are you going to use it for, to become a bestseller so that you can go on to write more books? Like, you have to have a strategy. And so I started a book. It's called Book Fred. It's a six-week coaching program on how people can use their books to, like, to write the right book for their business and not wasting their time. So we started that this year. um, And so we're super excited. Uh, We had a great, great turnout. um, So it's been really fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, I have loved watching your journey and seeing all the the transformations and the growth for you personally. Thank you. And you as well. Thank you. I mean, I love watching, I mean, everything that you're doing. I've just been posting a lot of dance videos. Yeah. <laughs> no, and your K-pop, we actually, one of our clients just did like a big K-pop TV segment oh. and about the rise of K-pop. Um, and I yeah. thought of you when we were, when I was producing it, I was like, oh, Bernadette's going to be all over this. I'm going to be yeah. so <laughs> all over that. Yeah. I literally just came back from Seoul last night. Yeah. So. Amazing. Yeah. So last question for you before we go. Um, so our season, this season is about the women's wealth effect. Mm-hmm. And there are different pillars about, uh, about it. One in particular is community. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're at FinCon and community. Right. So I just wanted to, um, get some wise words from you yeah. as a veteran in this business. 
if you are someone who's trying to build a community in service of growing your own wealth as a woman, what advice would you have for someone? So community is huge for me. I think that having the people around you that that fill you up and, and bring you joy is so important. You know, years ago, you know, I went through a divorce six years ago, and I realized at that time that building a community around myself of people that lift me up and give me energy is really important. And so I like to have the right community in in my personal life, in my work life, when I'm taking on clients, when I'm taking on employees, and establishing a culture of what I want my life to look like in yes. all areas. So that means that we have a mission statement in our business, a culture and a community mission statement. We have a culture and community in the clients that we take on. We have that. I have that in my personal life. Um, I have that in my business life. And you get to choose who gets in your circle. And I think that when you protect that community really dearly, um, that's where the magic happens, right? I think one bad egg can spoil a lot. Yes. And so... Um, I really focus on creating a culture inside that community of one that I want to show up for and give to every day and one that will do the same back to me. Oh. I, I love what you said specifically about, you know, protecting your community. Because we always talk about building a community yeah. and growing a community, but not protecting it. Yeah. And protecting that community is, is super important. So my, um, my community of like employees, for example. You know, I can't bring in a bad employee because then that affects the community Absolutely. and the culture. Absolutely. And so I protect that. Mm-hmm. Same with my clients. I protect, I protect my clients and their community and their culture. I protect my children. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a single mom of four. We protect that community of our family and who's allowed into that. And there's so much community, um, aspect of building a community. Yes. But we also need to protect the integrity of that community and yes. the culture of that community. And that's super important as well. Oh my gosh. What a great way to round this out. <laughs> okay. So let's talk a little bit about the mastermind. Yes. You and I talked a little bit about this offline and how there are good ones and not good ones, but what was your biggest takeaway from the mastermind for you and your business? Yeah. Well, first I have to say just being in a room with eight women where I felt like I could actually speak very candidly, whereas mm-hmm. I have been to other masterminds where it felt like I don't know. I felt like everyone was trying to one up each other or everyone was the master kind of thing. Have you ever been to a mastermind? mastermind right. Right. Where everyone's like, I've been to one actually. Oh. One. So okay. I'm, I mean, I've heard about them. I heard about them to the vein that like my husband's been to a few. He's been an entrepreneur for almost a decade now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But then whenever I told him about our experience, he was like, wow, it sounds like this one was way better than many that I've been to. Yes. So. Yes. So like you, I've not heard great things about masterminds. I've been in a couple where it was supposed to be mastermind and it felt like either no one was a master or everyone was a master. So in the ones where no one was a master, then I felt like, honestly, you know, I feel weird even saying it, but like, I felt like, oh, I was giving out a lot of, you yeah, know, you were gaining, but I wasn't getting much. anything out of it. And then on the ones where everyone was a master, then it was like, everyone's like, oh, I already know how to do this. I already know how to do that. So then no one was actually like implementing things. Sure. So I really liked this mastermind where I felt like I could actually say that I had a really big block around speaking. Yeah, yeah. Like around my you speaking did. business in particular, which surprised some people in the mastermind too, because they were like, why would you have a hang up about that? You, yeah. were, you were a knockout speaker at FinCon last year. <laughs> like, we feel like you do this in your sleep. Yes. And I just like, I just couldn't figure out why I was having such a, a mental block about it. So. Sure. For me, the biggest takeaway in going to Mastermind was one, just being able to verbalize what was going on in my head that I was afraid to say out loud because it felt a little bit like, oh, but I know I'm 
decent at this, but I just don't know how to make it a bigger part of my business or even if I want to. I think that yeah. was the biggest challenge for me was yeah. right now I would say my business is about 75% coaching revenue mm-hmm. and then the other 25% split between speaking and freelancing. Sure. And I was afraid to say I actually want to flip it at yeah. some point. I don't know if it has to be in the immediate future or anytime soon, but I know that at some point I want to flip my business to be majority speaking and freelancing and less on the coaching sure. side. And that was really my biggest takeaway yeah. coming out of the mastermind was like that aha moment. And then now what do I do? With that? Yeah. You know, I think the other thing too is like just what you say about yourself, like what you present yourself as. And I think during your entire career, especially as an entrepreneur, you have to like be very conscious about what phase of entrepreneurship are you in, right? Like you started off as a coach and you know now you have this ability of being able to help women transform even their businesses. And now you're having to be purposeful about saying you are a speaker and actually embody it. But hear from other people, like we already see you as that, but you don't present yourself as I was that, not right? to the broad community. at all. So immediately after the mastermind, I went home and I changed my LinkedIn profile mm-hmm. and my Instagram to say speaker first. Yeah. Which and was your, very your uncomfortable. Content, your content structure has changed a lot too, right? Like I think you've leveraged all the great content you have with all of your media engagements and everything to show like this is my card first, right? And then I have all these other skills and experiences behind that. Yeah, yeah. And immediately after the Mastermind 2, I went back and updated and refreshed my speaking page, mm-hmm. which made me realize, oh, I had done a lot more speaking since the last time I had refreshed it. I yeah. had barely put anything up there. And... I really started thinking too, like, who is it that I really want to speak to? Yeah. And the same people that I do in my content now and my coaching, but just like in a different format now. Sure. So I realized it's actually not that much different. So that was a big mental block that I had was what I'm doing in speaking to individuals one-to-one in coaching mm-hmm. or into small groups. Now I just have to take that same content and make it applicable to like a larger audience. If it's going to be a hundred people or a thousand people like right. on a stage. But I will say this, I think the other thing, and this is so much about what you talk about in the women's wealth effect, right, Mm -hmm. is one of my biggest hangups was I didn't want to present as someone who, like, who wants the stage. Do you not, like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who's, like, framing the stage? Let's be clear. You're an introvert who masters the stage. (laughs) I am a very big introvert. And number two, you actually prepare to give the audience value. I don't see that from speakers all the time, but we've talked about that, right? And so I think you now see what good looks like and you understand when people pay to come to something like a FinCon or whatever, they're looking for an opportunity to get better. And you literally put that at the forefront of everything that you do from a speaking standpoint. So that's what makes you a really great speaker. And the fact that they're taking comedy classes, which you make your speaking (laughs) money. Um, Yes. I think you've really tried to hone in that crap and it's showing. That's why I went to the first time orientation today and I'm not a first timer because I'm <laughs> I'm always looking to see how people are doing things to get better. Right? Well, you know, and I even said this during the mastermind at one point where one of my hangups was that I've seen people who have big social media followings yeah. Yeah. and then go on stage and it was very clear that they didn't practice or yeah. they didn't spend the time Maybe to really an afterthought. That craft yeah. or they were able to get that stage thing because they just had a big audience yeah. it's, it's a different game when you're doing speaking so i really had to think about like if i want to do speaking like do i want to be in the top of the game at that and that would require a lot more effort yeah especially as an introvert to do that so i was really glad that i did the mastermind i think i took a lot from that 
All right. And so for you, mm-hmm. Women in Money was in July. And now we are in Oct- October, right? It's October. Mm-hmm. Right? So mm-hmm. in three months, what has been your takeaway from Women in Money and how has it been going since then? Oh, man. A lot of different things. But I think a lot of things around like giving myself grace with my business. Number one, we're financially independent. So I don't have to make money and I don't have to have that stress, which is a huge blessing. But at the same time, like I recognize that I need to be charging my worth. But navigating through that is really challenging. Really it challenging. really is. And so I actually decided to wait on launching my masterclass until January because I just wanted the time and space to just continue to build community and give myself that. Like, just like to really give. Yes. But I did change my pricing. So my pricing will be different come yes. January, yeah. right? So I think from a tactical standpoint, I did that. But I think coming out of the session, you know, Lauren said a couple of things. Of course, you said some things that were like real kickers, like, you know, I'm ready for you to invest in yourself. Like, I'm looking forward to, you know, for you doing that. And I think that's really true. But Lauren also said a couple of things around like just my leadership style and how that comes across and like my like deep innate passion for women in particular, like professional women, because mm-hmm. it just came out of that space and like a really raw, it was hard. It was hard. Um, yeah. And I still carry a lot of that emotion with me. But at the same time, I recognize like that's a blessing because I can really lean into that very niched space of professional women right. who have their entire identity wrapped up in their corporate careers, who will see the light on the other side by pursuing financial independence. And that doesn't mean that you have to leave your job. Like That's I'm right. very clear about that. You That's do right. not have to leave your job. I was listening to an audiobook. Which I feel on, like is an unpopular opinion yes. in, fi- in the fire world. How yeah. in the world do we expect to make any level of change in corporate America if women are not at the table? Right. But I don't think that women need to be at the table underpaid, undervalued, taken advantage of. Right. right. And so in order for us to win the game, we have to play the game. Yes. But we need to play it in our own way, but learn how to thrive and survive at the same time. And so, yeah, I've just been really thinking about how I want to show up like that for the female community. So, yeah, that's kind of what I took away from it. First of all, personally, as your friend, I'm glad you're doing that, right? Because... We've talked about this, like entrepreneurship coming from corporate can be such a mind, you know, mess upper. (laughs) And so a lot of people rush into their brand and what they want to do or whatever, and then feel like they have to stick to it because they have to make the money. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm -hmm. you and I have had many conversations of this, like, okay, we are at a point where if we had to stop for a minute and re, you know, rebrand or refigure out what it is that we're going to do, we have the luxury to do that. We have the privilege to do that. But there's still something in the back of our minds that are like, Oh, no, but you can't do that. Right. So I'm so glad that happened personally as a friend, but then also professionally, I see too many people who get stuck in the same business model, Mm -hmm. you know, for Mm -hmm. months or even years, myself included. That happened to me in my first year of business. Like I was stuck on a business model that just did not work Yeah, because I was so focused on just making money that I actually was shooting myself in the foot. Yeah. In that. So I'm so yeah. glad that you're doing that professionally because I think that's going to really benefit you in the long run. And it requires patience to do that because in the beginning, you just want to like feel like you're producing. You yeah, know? absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's validation that what the hard work that you're putting into all of it is worth something. But man, if I change one woman's life a month, you know, and if I always say I have an audience of 30 people, that's great. Like I'd rather mm-hmm. have 30 people absolutely bought in on really transforming their lives and seeing that transformation for themselves versus like a hundred thousand followers and 
you know, yeah, not a solid community to really navigate through the next couple of phases of life with. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I am so glad we got a chance to catch up live yeah. here. And we are so excited that hopefully you got something out of this. If you're listening to this episode that you heard from some of our new friends. Yeah. And what it's like to build a community in the service of building the women's wealth effect. And we are excited for you to keep listening to the season. Yeah. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crush Your Money Goals Season 6, The Women's Wealth Effect. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this podcast. Your feedback helps us spread the wealth of knowledge to more women like you. If you'd like to work with me to help you create clarity, control, and confidence with your financial independence journey, you can snag my free early retirement planner at womenswealtheffect.com forward slash planner. And if you'd like to work with me to kickstart your financial freedom plan, you can grab my free guide on the 10 money tools you need right now at crushyourmoneygoals.com slash free guide. Stay tuned for the next episode.